Well, hello and welcome to the first episode of the Scripting Then podcast. I'm Fernando, and in this podcast, I'm going to try and use my 20 years of experience in the IT industry to share some advice, share some nuggets of insights that I've gotten over the years. And on the very first episode, I just wanted to tackle one topic that um, not maybe not all of you have had to deal with in the, in the past. Maybe not all of you have had the position of being client-facing at some point, but maybe you will. Maybe you will at some point. Maybe, um, maybe your boss, maybe your PM, maybe someone else will pull you in into a client meeting because they need some technical guidance. Maybe they need, maybe the client has some technical questions. Maybe they're doing some kind of sale or, or pre-sale activity. Or heck, maybe you're already a consultant and maybe you're already having to go into these client meetings. And not all developers like those because the main skills that you have to deal with, that you have to pull from, are usually not technical. You know, you're being put there on that spot because of your technical skills. But for you, the ones that the skills that you have to make use of are the soft skills and you know it's hard sometimes to acknowledge but not all developers have them and not all developers are willing to work on them so I'm, I'm just I just want to give you a couple pointers for the next client meeting of things that you should probably not say during those meetings so the first one the first thing that you should never say to a client would be the word no and let me explain why. So the word no is like a wall. Think about it like that. It's final. You can't go through it. If your client is asking you a question, maybe they're asking you for the feasibility of a new feature. Maybe they're asking you if you can just push the your team. Maybe you're the team lead. And, and they're asking you if you can push the timetables you know, and, and deliver faster or get a feature done faster and you know the answer to that question is no now picture your client running towards you asking that question and you suddenly from out of nowhere make a stone wall appear in front of them that's the no they will hit that wall hard with their face first and they're not going to like that answer they're not going to like that experience. So what you can do instead, even if you know deep down that the answer is going to be no in the end, is deflect that movement. You know, take the momentum and then just take it somewhere else. You can, you can use phrases like, we can think about that. Let me go back to the team and, you know, get back to you in a couple of days after we've analyzed that option. You can say... What if we do this instead? What if we you know, changed the feature instead of rewriting it? Remember, even if the no is justified, you know, try to avoid it. Try to avoid putting that wall in front of, in front of them. You know, phrases like, not exactly. We can think about it. These are all ways to gain time, which is what you want to do. In the end, what you want to do is you want to 
have an internal discussion with your team or with your superiors, if that's also the case. Maybe you're not in position. Because what might happen in some situations is clients who are already putting money on the table or are thinking about putting money on the table, they will consider them th themselves in a position of power. And they will assume that they can push you. They can push you into a verbal contract, essentially, saying, yes, I can do it, even when you're not the one who should be making that call. And then they'll go back to your boss, they go back to whoever is you know, making the numbers in your company, and they'll say, well, that developer said he could do it. So I'm calling you to his word. So what you want to avoid is essentially saying yes or no by yourself and making sure that whoever has that decision power takes makes the call makes the ultimate call and goes back to the client with a no because we're dealing with a no right now so gain time go back to your team just use phrases like i'll get back to you um as, after we've analyzed the option and probably what will happen then is you, you're not going to be the one saying no. Instead, the right person in your team or in your company is going back to the client and, it's going, and they're going to say no. And they're going to add on top of that no, which is what you were missing at the time, the reasons why. You know, there, maybe there are, there, is not, there are not enough resources. Maybe there is not enough time. Maybe more money is needed. Whatever reason, you're not the one responsible for that call. So make sure that you, instead of giving a final answer, especially a no, which is also really harsh, um, gain time. And make sure that you give the person who should answer the question the chance to do it. So let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> one that is very close to saying no is correcting your client, saying, you know what, what you just said is wrong. And this might be a dicey one. Maybe, you know, you've been in, a, in this relationship with your client for a while now and you have this level of confidence uh, and you're comfortable with them and they're comfortable with you in a sincere conversation and maybe you can, you can correct them. But if that's not the case, maybe this, maybe this is the first time that you're, that you're dealing with them, that you're meeting them, saying the word wrong can take... Um, can be taken personal, you know? Uh, and on top of that, uh, saying that you're wrong is another absolute, you know? There are no shades of wrong. If you're wrong, you're wrong, that's it. This makes it extra hard because either you're right as a developer and they're wrong and therefore calling them out on it in front of everyone uh, would be the equivalent of, of, you know, like kicking them out of that position of power that they are. And this is not a feeling that you want your future client to have when meeting you. You know, even even worse, what could happen is you're actually wrong when saying that they are wrong and they know it. Or they will find out soon enough. So by speaking in absolute terms, which is what you just did, and getting caught with your figurative pants down, let's put it that way, you'll lose uh, credibility. Uh, in the face of your client. So that's also really, really something that you want to avoid. So next time 
you say something similar, they won't really trust you. Next time you say, well, actually, you know, that's wrong, they will, they'll try to double check. They won't implicitly trust you, which is something that you want. If your client is not technical, you want to be that trust person, that trust, trusty technical person who they can run to and ask questions and they will blindly uh, take your word for it. But you have to be careful with that power because if you're wrong, the minute you're wrong and you and you use these absolute terms, that trust is going to be lost. So instead, reference the accuracy of the statement, uh, implying that not everything is wrong about it, only a part of it. Something like, you know, that's not entirely accurate. The entirely there actually adds all the shades that you need and it will soften the blow. You know, that's not entirely accurate. We can actually do this instead. Or, you know, this part of the statement is not accurate because, and you're giving reasons and you're explaining why. Without getting too technical, without making, turning, you know, the conversation into a class, you can correct your client. Just make sure that you're not calling them out and make sure that you're not using absolute terms anytime. Now, the next one, and I hate this one. We have a problem. You know, if, and this one is especially uh, something that you want to avoid if your client is already with you. If your client is already paying, uh, you know, the word problem, it worries paying clients. It's that simple. Problems mean um, that you have a situation that you need to solve because it has bad connotations. For your current situation. Problems can mean the end of a project or the inability to perform a task. Problems are bad. Nobody likes problems. You don't like problems, so they like them even less, especially because they are the ones paying. So instead, I know this might be like a silly way of looking at them, but it actually works, I promise you. Uh, treat, the, treat these problems as challenges to improve your team and your project or even as opportunity to do something new. Instead of saying, we have a problem, just say, we're facing a challenge. There is an opportunity to do something else. I know, you just changed words. The meaning underneath it is probably the same, uh, especially to you because you know these, um, that this challenge, quote-unquote challenge, or this opportunity is actually something you need to fix. However, the other side, receiving the news about it will take it as something completely different again this is all about expectation and, uh, and about understanding the power of communication you're conveying to someone else that you have to do extra work or you have to do different work than expected um because of reasons what the reasons are you know there is a problem but you, but if they receive the word problem the without knowing anything else, they will immediately go into panic mode, as I like to say it. Um, your client will start going through numbers. They will start maybe even looking for, you know, your boss and just ignore you and, and just think about how to solve this from a monetary point of view. You know, they're already thinking about extra days or whatever. Instead, 
if you present this as an opportunity or as a challenge that needs that can inherently be solved you know a challenge cannot be overcome then you're in their mind you're putting the idea that this is not a terrible thing this is just something that you know something that you need to work on that's all um the expectation here is going to be completely different and the final one that i want to cover uh, which is something that, which is one that I also hear many developers in the past as well say two clients are, you know, to their internal team, internal uh, project manager as well, are the words, I can't do anything about it. You know, just this is potentially just as bad as the word no uh, that I mentioned before. Um, and again, as a developer who knows the code and who knows the project, you're probably right. You're probably, um, your first instinct to say that you can't really do anything about it is probably right. But this is not the best way to say or to convey the news. Again, this is all about the way you convey the message, not about the message itself. So if you're tempted to say this, that's because you're being asked something that sounds like impossible task. And, you know, it probably is. So your client might or might not know that the, that the task is impossible, but they're hoping that you'll do it anyway. So in their eyes, your job is to help them achieve their goal. And that's all that matters to them because they're, putting, they're, you know, they're paying the money. So whether their request is literally impossible or not, that's another subject. If you simply respond with the, I can't do it, you know, there's nothing uh, there's nothing uh, I can do about that what they'll understand instead is I don't want to help you I know it's unfair because you probably do but you're being honest here so consider a more you know mundane quote-unquote mundane example have you ever gone into a store to buy a shirt or a pair of pants and when you ask the clerk uh, they just say nope we don't have anything like that. They then just, you're left there staring at them and they stare back at you. You're hoping they'll give you alternatives, you know, something that you can buy and they're just not doing anything. That's how your client feels every time you say, I can't do it. The key here is that there's always something that you can do or suggest. You're here to help. And that should be your message. Try to show you're doing everything that you can on your part. If the ask or problem is impossible and you know it makes no sense, you're not expected to do miracles. You're not expected to just say yes to everything. However, saying I can't do anything shows you don't care. In fact, it leaves the ball on their court to either push for a solution or an alternative, which they shouldn't be the ones doing it or simply to go with someone else who can provide an alternative. So next time you're tempted to say, I can't do it, just think about what you can do and add it at the end. You know, something like, I can't do that, but I could do some, you know, I could do this instead. That's impossible. It's not something they want to say, but you know, that's 
going to be really hard to do because we don't have the resources or we don't have the tech. But instead, I could do this or heck, go back to the first advice and just say, you know, I don't know if I can do it right now. Just let me go back, research it and get back to you with a plan, with an action plan. And then you'll figure out the reasons why you can't do it and you figure out a proper alternative and then get back to the client with all of that. That's going to be a lot more valuable than just saying, no, I can't do it. And that's it for this first episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope you found it interesting and hopefully I'll see you in the next one. And that was it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to rate the podcast in your favorite podcasting app so that it can reach more developers. In the meantime, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter or X, as people call it, just look for me at deleteman123. And that's it. Thank you and catch you on the next one.